Hello, and welcome to Now on Netflix. I'm Henry Goldblatt, the executive editor of Todoom.com, the official Netflix site dedicated to fans. And this is your insider's guide to the best of what's streaming on Netflix this week. Whether it's the latest movies or shows, hidden gems, or a timeless classic, we're here to help curate your watch list. Plus, we're taking you behind the scenes to share breaking news, preview latest releases, and more. Each week, I get to sit down with one of my awesome colleagues to dive into the very best of what's streaming now on Netflix. This week for our premiere episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by one of my colleagues, Tara Bitrin, who's a writer at Tadoom.com. Tara, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, I can't believe it's the first episode. This is so cool to be here. <laughs> it's so cool to have you here. Tara, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from L.A. I am. I'm an L.A. girl, born and raised. And one of the first things that you and I bonded over was your Zoom background. It is very special. Tell everybody about it. Ugh, as if. It's uh, a clueless poster. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite movie. I know every line backwards and forwards. And as an L.A. girl, I relate to the line her dad says in the movie that everywhere you go should take 20 minutes. And if it doesn't, it's because of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Tara, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this week is because you are Tadoom.com's expert in all things teen dramas. And one of our favorite ones, I know we share this collectively, is coming out tomorrow, Heartstopper Season 2. Oh my gosh, Heartstopper, like just hearing the name makes my heart stop. I love this show so much. Tara, I'm so eager to hear about your set visit and what it was like and what you observed. But first of all, Heartstopper's second season comes out tomorrow, August 3rd. So you can be sure to check it out. The first season's already on service. But before we even dive in, Tara, tell us what this show is about. The show is about this sensitive boy named Charlie Spring. And it's basically his love story where he falls in love with a boy a year older than him in his form class, which for us in America is homeroom, who's a rugby lad. And he's not sure if he likes him back, but it's seeing that whole flutter and rush of having a crush and having it be reciprocated. And then the show extends out to their um, extended circles of friends and what it's like to come out in high school and you have the Charlie character, for example, who has come out as gay and like the difficulties he had. But you also have other people on the LGBTQ spectrum who are dealing with their own issues. And season two definitely dives into that. Oh, absolutely. One thing that Patrick Walters is an executive producer on the show, along with Alice Oseman, who wrote the graphic novels the show is based on. One thing he was excited to show in the season was coming out isn't just one time. Coming out is the thing that happens over and over again in your life. And this season really touches on that because at the end of season one, Nick comes out as bisexual to his mom. And Alice Oseman said, you know, that went great. That might not be the case with everybody. So season two's journey definitely for Nick is figuring out his pace and what feels comfortable for him. You were on the set when season two was filming. When were you there? What were your first impressions? So I was there last fall on Thanksgiving, uh, November 2022. My first impression was, I can't believe we're actually in a school because sometimes when you film on a set, they're not necessarily in the surroundings they're showing. So I was so excited to just be at Troom School for Boys, Troom Grammar. And, you know, if you are familiar with the comics and you watch season one, Alice Oseman's drawings are prevalent throughout. And the art department told me that in any capacity, every capacity, they try to show Alice's drawings in the decor. So if you look on the wall in the corridor, you see the big wave mural. And season two is mainly set going into the summer. So the first season covered the school year from fall into later spring. Season two, like I said, is the summer. So they would try to add some of those warmth touches, like they added more sparkles and a boat and a sun into that mural. So check that out when you watch on uh, Thursday. 
I remember reading an interview with Aaron Spelling, who, of course, created Beverly Hills 90210, and along with a ton of other shows. And he said one of the keys to creating a teen show is getting the bedrooms correct. And I feel like Heartstopper does this really, really well in terms of the posters and the other um, accoutrements that are in these teens' bedrooms. Did you see any of those? So I didn't get to see the bedroom sets, but I did get to see all the mood boards for the bedrooms. Uh, last season, we saw, for example, a little bit of uh, Darcy, played by uh, Kizzy Edgel, a little bit of Darcy's room, but that was just a top shot. In this season, we get to see why she has, you know, like an orange snail in her room, like a, a basic item you might just not even to think about. But where will she put it? You know, like you get to see their personality reflected in their decor. We see a lot of um, Nick and Charlie's bedrooms in season one. And one thing I love in Charlie's bedroom is uh, he has this poster by his bed that says, uh, stand tall, show them all. And it reminds me of Mr. Ajayi. He's played by Fazayo Akinade, and he's the art teacher at Charlie's school and also his mentor before the events of season one. Unfortunately, Charlie, when he was revealed to be gay, it wasn't his choice. He got outed and he used um, Mr. Ajayi art room as a safe space and Mr. Ajayi would always like try to remind him to not disappear let yourself be who you are and I love that Charlie has that reminder in his room you know to give him confidence when he wakes up every day who else did you get a chance to interview? I got to meet Alice Oseman, who wrote the original graphic novels and is the creator of the show. So they also write all of the episodes. And one thing they said is the whole through line of the show, I have the quote here with me because I think it was really special. They said that Heartstopper is all about exploring real serious issues that can be dark themes, but trying to balance that with that feeling of hope and that things can and will get better. Striving for that balance is literally the point of Heartstopper. That's probably why I love the show so much, because it doesn't shy away from all those messy, harrowing things we do experience as teenagers, but it also makes you feel like it's going to be okay. And I think we all need that like little dose of light when you watch something, when you get home from work at the end of the day. That's what I crave, at least. I talked with Kit and Joe. They, so like I said, they're all in pairs. So I also talked with Tao and Elle, who are played by Will Gao and Yasmin Finney. They have a huge story in season two. Let's remind everyone who they are and what's coming up for them. Oh, yes. So Tao and Elle are part of Charlie's really tight-knit group of friends. You sort of see why he acts the way he is in season two. Because in season one, you see he's very protective of his friends. And he doesn't want to let them go because he wants them to stay close. And you kind of learn why he's like that. And one friend he's especially concerned with keeping close is L. And, you know, by the end of season one, everyone's wondering, okay, what's up with Tao and L? Because they hang out one-on-one. There seems to be, you know, some googly eyes going on. But Yaz said, you know what? Every person who came up to me after filming asked, why didn't they kiss? What's going on? And it was the perfect segue into season two, because you'll see their relationship start to blossom. Tara, what I love about what you're talking about and what I love about this show in general is that it taps into such universal teen themes. With Nick and Charlie, for example, everybody knows the feeling of having that crush and just not sh being sure if it's reciprocated or not. And maybe it is. And like you get a little clue here and there or, but are you misreading the clues? And that was very much what season one's journey was for these two characters. It certainly resolves itself and it goes in a different direction in season two, but it just brings you back to being like 15 and 16 years old in some of the very best ways and some of the very worst ways. Too. Oh, a crush is the most exciting thing, but also one of the scariest things ever. How would you describe this next season in a couple words? Summer of love, dot, 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 in the city of love. Oh, I like that. You should be a writer for a living. I mean, you know, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Heartstopper Season 2 comes out tomorrow on Netflix. Be sure to check that out. And when you finish Heartstopper, and if you're still craving teen shows and movies, we have got tons of recommendations for you. 
Tara, what is one of your favorite teen movies or shows on Netflix? One just came out this year, Exo Kitty. That show is a continuation of one of the franchises here at Netflix, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And it sees the younger sister, who's a very independent thinker and is the one who originally sent Laura Jean's letters, very devious of her. She gets to go uh, study abroad in Korea. And we watch her love story unfold. And I kind of like that it's something new, but something you know as well. And I think that's true of any teen show or film you watch. Like, there's a new take on it, but it feels nostalgic at the same time because you lived through that. What are some of the issues and themes that that show deals with? Being on your own for the first time, that's kind of scary. I mean, a lot of people experience that maybe a little bit later when you go to college, but she does a little early. I think she's always been a little precocious, uh, Anna Cathcart's character, Kitty. Um, And also, it's a love quadrangle. You don't often see that. Usually it's more of a triangle or just a duo. And also coming into your own with your sexuality, figuring out your label, if you want to define it or not, and also maybe not realizing that's part of who you are, but you'll be supported along the way. I think that's so important. What's so awesome about the Netflix catalog is that there's a ton of teen shows and um, dramas. And one of my favorites is Degrassi Next Class, which is a continuation of Degrassi The Next Generation, which, of course, spawned Drake's career and Nina Dobrev and many, many, many more people. This is sort of the continuation of a younger group. And what I like about it is it has the Degrassi DNA, but by the same token, it um, deals with like very current issues, including um, there's a non-binary character, which Mm -hmm. um, for 2016 or 2017 was pretty advanced. It deals with immigration. It deals with assimilation, LGBTQ issues, of course. There is a character who has an abortion on the show, and it deals with it in a very thoughtful degree grassy type of way. So um, there are four seasons of it on Netflix service. I highly recommend it if you like teen dramas. Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever it takes, you're going to make it through. Right? <laughs> exactly. The theme song. Always. What is another teen show that you just love on Netflix? Sex Education. I adore that show. The show is set in uh, the UK, in Wales, and... One of the homes in that show is like the most beautiful Airbnb kind of situation or bed and breakfast, I should say, you've ever seen. And you can stay there. Basically, the show follows Otis, played by Asa Butterfield. And he's a little, you know, he's young. He's in high school, a little sexually inexperienced. But the funny thing is his mother is a sex therapist played by Jillian Anderson. And he the teachings trickle down to this kid. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to do my school a solid and start a sex clinic with his friend Maeve, played by Emma Mackey, and Eric, played by Chuti Gatwa. I just like that it addresses all the things your sex education class in high school would never talk about. It is not Mean Girls Coach Carr being like, you will die from chlamydia. It's just, it addresses so many things that maybe you don't even realize you could talk about or think about. Like, you mentioned asexuality before. That was one of the first times I'd seen it talked about on a show uh, was in sex education. And also, I personally love Eric. He's my uh, icon on my Netflix profile because his star just shines so bright. I mean, we see his coming out story. And I mean, sure, he wavers with it like anybody has a sense of self-doubt, but his whole journey is showing him like you don't have to diminish your light and you don't want to disappear and you can wear as fabulous clothes as you want and you could be as excited about life as you want and i find that really inspiring and there's a new season of that actually coming back in september the final season so check it out i'm going to mention one more teen movie easy a one of my favorite movies ever. Um, it is based on The Scarlet Letter. It stars Emma Stone in one of her first roles and Amanda Bynes in one of her last on-screen roles. And it takes place in a high school in Ojai. Emma Stone plays a student named Olive, who's a 17-year-old. And she, through a series of events, she lies about losing her virginity. The super religious girl in the school played by Amanda Bynes overhears this and like spreads it around like crazy and Emma Stone's character is basically slut shamed um 
and very reminiscent of The Scarlet Letter for those of you who have read the book. And another fun fact about the movie is that Patricia Clarkson and Stanley Tucci play Emma Stone's parents. It's the second time they've played spouses on screen. They've played spouses in the 2007 film Blind Date. It's one of my favorite movies ever. It's such an easy watch. It's like Clueless we were talking about earlier. It will make you smile. And it's wonderful to watch Emma Stone in just one of her breakout roles. I mean, her comedic timing, you can't really like beat that, you know? And also, Penn Badgley, all you Gossip Girl and you fans, he's Woodchuck Todd. You'll learn what that means when you watch the movie. Absolutely. The top 10 TV shows are filled with great titles this week. We're going to tell you which ones you can't miss. At number 10 is Sonic Prime, the second season of Sonic Prime, which has been in the top 10 for two weeks. Number nine on the list is The Lincoln Lawyer Season 1, and you'll find later on the list is Lincoln Lawyer Season 2. Um, the first season spent nine weeks in the top ten, and this is one of my favorite shows and something that I am a recent convert to. It stars Emmanuel Garcia Rulfo as Mickey Haller. He is the Lincoln Lawyer based on Michael Connolly's books. It has an amazing cast, including Becky Newton of Ugly Betty fame, Nev Campbell of Party of Five fame, and Yaya DaCosta from America's Next Top Model. She is in Season 2 too. Are you a fan? Oh, I am. If you miss a good procedural, this one will, you know, fix you right up. Number eight on the top 10 list is Suits Season 1. Fans are devouring this show up. Um, it stars Gabriel Macht and Patrick J. Adams, as well as an actress turned royal you may have heard of, Meghan Markle. And in later seasons, you'll find Katherine Heigl from Grey's Anatomy fame, as well as Firefly Lane. All of the seasons, except for the final one, are available to stream on Netflix now. Number seven is for the football fans. It is quarterback season one. Um, Tara, are you a football fan or am I alone in this room? I like international football. I.e. Yeah. soccer? I.e. soccer. I.e. <laughs> Lionel Messi. I was very happy Argentina won this year. <laughs> I am a big college football fan, but I'm also a pro football fan. And this show really shook me. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did, but I just devoured it. And it follows three football players throughout their season. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Kurt Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. They're at three very different stages of their football careers and um, what they're trying to prove. And you get inside the huddles, you get to hear what they're saying on the field. And what is so interesting is um, the NFL, of course, sanctioned all of this. And these players always aren't in the best light when you hear them in the heat of battle on the football field. And they say things that are super surprising and don't make them seem like that most awesome human being in that particular moment. You see the sort of warts and all. Um, so it's really compelling and really mm -hmm. fascinating. I highly, highly recommend. Number six on the top 10 list is Fatal Seduction, the first season. This is about a married professor who's pulled into a passionate affair with a younger man that uncovers a path of tragedy and betrayal from those closest to her. Number five is Survival of the Thickest. It stars and was created by Michelle Buteau. It is really, really a sweetheart of a show and very heartwarming. She plays a stylist who, after a bad breakup, has to reinvent herself, which involves moving to Brooklyn in this case. And you see her getting new love interests. You see her interacting with her best friend. You see her as her fledgling career as a stylist takes off, and she um, is styling a supermodel played by Garcelle Beauvais of Real Housewives of Beverly 
Beverly Hills fame. It's just a treat of a show. It's half-hour episodes. It's an easy binge. And it is number five on our list. Number four on the top 10 list is Too Hot to Handle. And on the shores of paradise, gorgeous singles meet and mingle. But there is a twist like there is in all of these shows. And to win the enticing grand prize, they'll just have to give up sex. Poor things. (laughs) Number three on the list is season three of The Witcher, which has been on the list for four weeks. This is the final season with Henry Cavill before Liam Hensworth steps into the title role and replaces him for season four. So uh, fans are just devouring this thing up. Number two on the list, as we mentioned earlier, is The Lincoln Lawyer. It spent three weeks on the top 10 list. Uh, One thing I will mention that I didn't earlier is that this is created by David E. Kelly. So if you're a fan of, say, Ally McBeal or The Practice, like this will give you your legal fix. Oh, yeah. And if if you watched part one, you may be wondering what's Mickey's fate. One thing we can tell you here to do is that Manuel Garcia Rufo is also as freaked out by parking garages as Mickey Hollers. <laughs> yes, and he has every reason to be because bad things keep happening to him in parking garages. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be alone in a parking garage at night. No, you certainly don't. And the number one show on Netflix this week is Sweet Magnolias, the third season. It's the first week in the top 10 and features lifelong friends Maddie, Helen, and Dana Sue, who lift each other up as they juggle relationships, family, careers in a small southern town of Serenity. It, of course, stars Joanna Garcia Swisher. Um, among many others. And a fun Netflix tie-in of Joanna Garcia Swisher is that she was the host of uh, the Netflix show Ultimatum Queer Love Edition, which is no longer in the top 10, but is a wonderful, delectable binge if you need a good reality show. Tara, thank you so much for joining us for our inaugural episode. It was so good to have you here and spend time. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, of course. Don't forget to watch Heartstopper. Both seasons are streaming now on Netflix. Um, It's so good. It's such an easy binge. I promise you're going to enjoy it. And next week, we're going to be previewing the upcoming movie Heart of Stone starring Gal Gadot. It, too, is a fun romp in an entirely different way, and I can't wait to dig into that. You can find us at your friendly neighborhood podcast store. You can always read exclusive coverage about the shows and movies we talked about today and more on todoom.com. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us and hope you'll come along for the ride. See you next week. 